The Effenrad Snowboard Podcast is presented by Vans. Season 8 of Effenrad is sponsored by Wired Snowboards, Anon Optics, The Boardroom Snowboard Shop, FindAnEpicAgent.com, and Tribute Board Shop in Nelson, B.C. Wired Snowboards is kicking ass, Devin Walsh is on the team, and his 2023 Wired Pro model is awesome. I love the solid feel of the carbon reinforcement right out of the box. Buy a Wired Devon at an authorized dealer near you or hop on wiredsnowboards.com and design a -a one-of-a-kind custom-built snowboard hand-built right here in beautiful East Vancouver, BC in one of the world's most carbon-neutral snowboard factories. Please like, follow, and share Epp and Rad so we can build on our following and make more great content. Hit pause right now. Tell someone you know about the show. Thank you very much. Support also comes from Dekine, Mount Seymour, Grouse Mountain, Pro Standard GoPro Accessories, and Volcom Outerwear. Thanks to everyone who supports the show. Before I start the show, I want to mention the Blaze Boot Camp Winter Gathering in Bear Valley, California. There will be two sessions in March 2023. Go to highcascade.com to sign up. And special thanks to Spring Break Snowboards, Union Bindings, Coal Headwear, and Air Blaster for supporting this episode featuring Blaze Rosenthal. Please check out these amazing companies doing effing rad things. Blaze Rosenthal is a prolific pro snowboarder who was prominently featured in Kingpin's Destroyer and the Revival movies. Blaze was also featured in MacDog's Stomping Grounds and Simple Pleasures, with full parts amongst the heaviest of progressive heavies at the time, Devin, Ingemar, Peter, and a handful of others. Blaze left pro snowboarding to start and manage M3 snowboards and then became a successful fine artist before being pulled back into the snowboarding lifestyle. I met up with him for our first in-person interview in government camp, the small village at the foot of Mount Hood. His charisma and unassuming demeanor partnered with his timeless style on a snowboard has landed him a pro model on Corey Smith's spring break team. He was filming at Hood for his latest project, Midlife Crisis, and his Switch 7, which he stomped around the time we recorded, is still legit by anybody's standards. It was an honor to record with one of snowboarding's most passionate pros, Blaze Rosenthal, at the Summer Mecca Timberline Lodge at Mount Hood. First year I came here in the capacity of lurker, which is <laughs> you come to government camp because you love snowboarding and you want to be around in the summer, um, and uh, you just come hang out and see what happens. And uh, mostly what happens is you're told you're not allowed to ride anything. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> You hang out and try to be nice, and if you're, you know, nice enough and helpful enough, and you get lucky, then you, someone lets you dig to ride, or you know, you get to ride the pipe or whatever jumps they have. Back then, every it was a bunch of camps, and everyone had their own stuff. And uh, maybe if you're even nicer, you get to work in the kitchen a little bit and eat food, <laughs> you know, making sandwiches, whatever, yeah, pot, you know, whatever trays of food everyone's eating. And then, um, and then it, you know, if you get even luckier, you get to be a coach. So yeah, and I did all that stuff. So, what camp would it have been in '92? '92, uh, I came just like full lurker, no camp, nothing. I just bought a season pass, and that was like a luxury because the next year I came without one. Yeah. But I just went up on the hill every day, and every day at the end when the chairs closed, I think it was one thirty back then too, mm-hmm. not two like it is now. Um, you just roll over to one of the camps and just try to look, you know, kind of friendly and kind of sad and kind of <laughs> helpful at the same time. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, if you're lucky, whatever, you know, head digger would say, yeah, all right, you know, slip the pipe five times and help us, you know, clean it up after, and then you can ride with us. So you'd hike the pipe for the extra hour and a half or two and a half hours and then clean it all up at the end. And that's the other thing. I think they let you stay on the mountain till four back then. Now it's three. So that's a little different too. So the chairs open longer, but then everything shuts down an hour earlier. So This year I was, you know, baffled by the idea that at the ticket window here in guest services, I could buy access 
to the High Cascade Park, which I thought we had access to because we were guests of High Cascade. Right. But yeah. it's run by Timberline now. Yeah, there is no High Cascade. There's no camp park now. That, that and that happened this. Oh, well, uh, we haven't been here. I don't know. For I three came, years. Yeah, so. I came last year. Yeah. And uh, that was my first season back after a bit of a break. And um, it's called the FTC, like the Freestyle Training Center, and it's, I guess you pay extra to do that. About 30 bucks a day. Yeah, 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 I don't know. I know with the camp, it comes on the ticket, so I always just get it on the ticket. But, I mean, and it's kind of a bummer that there's ever anything that not everyone's allowed to enjoy, but I guess that's life. And, like, the, real, the, the reality of it is that the public park is really so fun that, you know, I, I think, like, you can come here in the summer and just buy the straight ticket and have a great time. Like, oh, hell so yeah. Much to ride, so. Yeah, you see those lurkers now they've moved up from govey sometimes they'll live in their van up here by the yeah by right. the lodge no, use the right. bathrooms here sneak sure. in uh that doesn't happen but yeah and uh and you know bumming passes walking up yeah you know hoping to get that digger job sure hoping to get a, a food job right a lot of times when i'm talking to them they just got fired from something yeah yeah that seems to be a common thing <laughs> is yeah. A lot of firing. A lot of short stints. <laughs> totally. So, yeah. yeah, get a check. Yeah, I don't really need to work anymore. Yeah, yeah I don't know. I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just outside getting the memory cards for the cameras. Right. And I could see the Milky Way. I was oh, yeah. like, this place is magical. Oh, it's absolutely beautiful. I was speaking it's with a special you place. earlier on that coming here um, for Wendell's camp, which is, a, you know, Listeners will know this. I story. call it High Cascade, by the way, because uh, <laughs> right. that was that right. was right. when right. I was here in the past. High Cascade to me was always the like coolest camp. Yes, and it was the one that I worked for. It was the one that you know, and then at some point they merged, and yes. of course Wendell's was probably cool too. But High Cascade was definitely my like affiliation. I got you, and that was the one I wanted to be at, and that was you know, yeah. Yeah, well, so. I live in Canada. So I should have yeah. gone to Black Home. I loved Craig Kelly. Right. I was, right. I, but I rode at a Checker Pig demo up a chairlift with Tim Wendell. Oh, yeah. Told him yeah. I was going to Craig Kelly's camp, which I wasn't. I just told right. him that's what I wanted to do. And he said, don't go there. Yeah. It sucks. Come down to Mount Hood. And yeah, then I right. told my parents that I'd been invited by Tim Wendell. He'd noticed how good I was, sure, which right. was not what it was. I wasn't all. giving you a discount. Though, no, but. but it was 399 sure. bucks for seven days. Oh yeah. That's a good price. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Get. I think, you know, the only thing about Wendell's that probably ever bothered me cause it was probably, it was awesome. I remember writing there too. And they each had their own lane. I never liked things like named after the person, okay. like a snowboard brand, like, you know, like Burton or Sims, like Lamar. all of that, like yeah. Lamar, any of it. Right. And, yeah. and Wendell's and, I mean, it's uh, ironic because we're yeah. doing a camp now and it has my name on it. But, like, I guess there's a little bit different of a story about how that came about. So it feels maybe a little different. But but I think that's all it was. Like, High Cascade's just this different thing. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Their branding was always really good, too. Yeah. Little yeah. mushroom guy or marshmallow guy. and Yeah. I mean, this was way pre-marshmallow. but Yeah. Yeah. But they anyway. had wooden ramps in, in right. town. They were, like. It, it right. was like the flagship. It was. One. And now it's all one thing. And right. so there's no need to. And Wendell's of... went to just all ski. They just, they were like, I, at I, one point. Did it? Yeah. So okay, it was like, yeah. Wendell's offered free skiing and snowboarding coaching. Okay. High Cascade never did. Right. And so then they just split them and said, okay, all snowboarding is going to be High Cascade. Uh, I all see. ski will be Wendell. Okay. And I asked him about it. We're going to interview Tim again tomorrow. Okay. And he said, what the fuck do I care? Yeah. I that's skied what I'd when expect. I was a kid. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know. I skied too, but <laughs> skiing's not snowboarding. Oh, to God. Me. You might be the most... I don't want to say patriotic. That's not what it is. Most dedicated snowboarder that I've ever talked to. And I've talked to about 200 pro snowboarders and guys like Ernie DeLost and Chuck Barfoot. And, and, yeah. and uh, there are people who get it. And Jamie Salter. Let's, let's put it. We'll go all the way to the other side of the scale. Hmm. Jamie Salter doesn't understand snowboarding and doesn't care to. Yeah, I wouldn't expect he does. I feel like you have somehow internalized snowboarding that it is something more than just 
what most people see. It's something more to you than that. I mean, it's, uh, it's certainly a very big part of my life. It's certainly given me a life. Uh, most of the good parts of my life have come from snowboarding. People I've met, including my wife, who I met snowboarding for 32 years ago. So wow, like, congrats. Yeah, like my first year snowboarding. Um, I mean, honestly, like I came up from pretty humble beginnings, and so there wasn't, you know, snowboarding, I, everything I have came from that. So, yeah, it means a lot to me. And, and that doesn't just mean, like, money that I made or stuff that I bought. Like, every aspect of confidence and accomplishment and, you know, just personal satisfaction with life came from it. So, yeah. Yeah, you, you said something today that I've thought. I don't know that I've ever said it out loud. How can you go away from it? Like, how can you be, like, how can you switch to, you know, and people switch to all kinds of crazy stuff. Sure. That they take snowboarding to a high level, and you know sure. what, I, I want to ride mountain bikes, or right, I want right, to, right. which is fine yeah. in theory, but to me, I just don't understand it. I don't either. And uh, I think, yeah, what we were talking about is people who are like, oh, they were a pro snowboarder, and now they're professional fishermen, or they're, <laughs> yeah. right, right, you say, yeah. like, they're yeah. really into mountain biking, I, there's a lot of fun stuff to do. I don't want to knock anything specifically, but I don't, I don't like I took and I took a long break. I took 12 years off and I didn't snowboard that much. Wow. And that was like, that was mental. You know, that was like being a professional snowboarder and it, snowboarding loves you. And then, you know, you, you get older and snowboarding doesn't love you in the same way. It hurts your feelings. And, you know, I, it was painful and I needed to uh, sort of stay away from it to, I'd like to say to protect myself, but maybe it was, you know, maybe it was misguided. Regardless, uh, it was what I did. Um, but there wasn't anything else I replaced it with. I just was miserable. <laughs> I mean, I, I make art and I paint a lot and I love making art, but like it's still not the same thing as snowboarding. And like there was no other activity. And I tried a lot of stuff, played a bunch of tennis. I like that. Surfed a bunch. I like that. Drank a bunch of wine. That was nice. None of it's snowboarding. Not all of it's good for you, you know. So I don't get how you would be active and able. Right. Like, I get it that some people's knees wear out. Yeah. I get it that some people, their back gets hurt or just whatever, and they can't do it. I don't get the people who are like, yeah, I was a pro, and now I ride mountain bikes all the time. <laughs> Again, someone's going to hate me for saying it, and I don't want to be the guy that is criticizing something but it's just not as fun as snowboarding is snowboarding taught me so many things about myself lessons like how i wanted to be in the world how right. i want to be in Same. life right yeah um and then there were some negative ones in there too like i i had a hate on for skiing like kind of feel like the fact that i i'm i'm a virgin to skiing like i just never did it oh yeah gave me no, some form of you know, I had mm -hmm. some sort of card of like, I've, I'm only a snowboarder. Sure. And now when someone will say, uh, you know, like Annie Boulanger, she's like, yeah, I ski now too. Yeah, that blows my mind. I, I'm like, <laughs> how? Yeah, that's how, and I feel how? the same way. How? And and I never hated skiing. I like to think that I'm a person with a very open mind. Good. Yeah. Um, I feel that I am that way about most things. I like, you know, I like different stuff. I like different people. I like different food. Uh, I like traveling. I like different places. It doesn't all have to be a certain way. Um, I think what sort of turned me off about skiing the most, because I skied and it was fun. We were skaters and, you know, skateboarders, and we got a chance to go skiing uh, now and then, and it was fun. You'd go and try to do daffies, which felt like doing an air walk off a lawn tramp or whatever. Get rad. You were sliding around. It was great. But when we saw snowboarding, it was like, I clearly want to do that more. <laughs> yeah. Um, it just made more sense in relation to our other, you know, sort of parts of our identity and what we were into, my friends and I, my friend Leaf and other buddies, my buddy Jake. Um, and, uh, but, and, and I always like to think, like, I'm open-minded. If people are sliding on snow, that's positive. If people are happy and they're having fun, everyone's getting along, no problem, right? And, and, and I still definitely believe that. But I guess I worked for a ski company 
for a long time and I worked in their snowboard part of their ski company and this was a post you know pro career thing that I was you know sort of fell into uh, because I've always been sort of I guess what people call creative although I think that words kind of problematic but um but I've always been someone that likes to engage in that sort of you know visual art and you know structuring a brand identity and whatever um, and so I worked for them doing this for for their brand and I just watched how as snowboarding sort of declined uh, in the 2000s how the skiers just seemed to relish that you know yeah. how this this the, the the skiers that ran this whole thing just seemed to love being like oh snowboarding's not doing so great is it and you know like if i feel like if it wasn't for snowboarding skiing would be dead no one like people oh, weren't absolutely. skiing absolutely people weren't yeah. skiing like skiing was a, a thing that a dentist drove his bmw up it was for rich people it was super elite Normal people were not going to the mountains. It was like swimming lessons too. Like, what level are you? Yeah, what, what are you so working formal, on? Man. And what, boring. Yeah, and yeah, like, yeah, no, yeah. like, like that doesn't mean there weren't rippers. You know, there were like Scott Schmidt and Glenn, Glenn Flake. Flake. There were yeah. dudes doing it. Yeah. yeah, but they were super like, you know, like limited and and they were really sort of on their own. There weren't parks. There wasn't anything. The equipment they, sucked. They, yeah, sure. They I'm couldn't sure even did. ride powder. Right? Like, they, <laughs> right. they couldn't ride. Powder I mean, they could actually. Skis were, those guys. It was amazing. I'm sure what they did, but yeah, they were doing yeah. it without proper you know, tools. Yeah, so and then snowboarding gave the tools there. Well, snowboarding gave a culture yeah. that uh, was yes. accessible. Yes, yes. It's you know forget the snowboards sucked too. They were heavy and broke, and you know <laughs> things were not great. But like you know, like Kurt Heine just did a talk for the you know the boot camp that we did here um with high cascade and and uh you know he he brought out his old sims board and it weighed a thousand pounds and it you know the bindings were all broken and zip tied together and whatever yep and so the board sucked but it gave a culture that a a more democratizing culture a culture that you know you didn't have to be an upper class person who you know drives a BMW and eats Grey Poupon to enjoy. Right. You could be a, right. a regular guy who loved skateboarding and came and you can drive up and sleep in your car and clip a ticket and just whatever. Yeah. And, and then, you know, it borrowed from street culture, from skateboarding, and then skiing adopted all that. And, cre and then free skiing sort of is born. And is that bad? It's not bad, but it's derivative. It owes everything to snowboarding. Right, right. Uh, without snowboarding, none of that culture ever comes to skiing. That energy that you nope. are talking about, yeah. I saw it at a at a lodge I was a guest at, a heli yeah. lodge. Mm -hmm. Now, a heli lodge, you're paying fifteen grand to be there right. for five days. Right, it's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. I was a guest there, and thank you, Tess, for putting me up and mm. giving me free access to helicopter skiing. Nice. Unfucking believable. But the guides were anti-snowboard. Mm. So they would stop places where we'd have to post hole. Mm. Which, if you if you talk about that with like someone who's a professional guide, right. that's endangering the group. Sure. Just, yeah. to, just to take the piss out of snowboards, right. snowboarders a little bit. Well, and, it's crazy. And that's the thing that I resented so much was that like, here's this thing that gave me everything I have. This culture, this activity, this industry. And then suddenly as it's going down, you're declining, you know, and it did, it shrank a lot. Like, uh, it was a big growth period in the nineties and late nineties, especially. And, and then it, it sort of started folding in on itself. And now I think it's actually doing really well again. It seems like everyone wants to snowboard again, which I love seeing, but, but when the, when that shift happened, seeing these skiers sort of just like, you know, seeing the gleam in their eye yeah, and seeing yeah. how they would like kind of sarcastically say things to me. It just made me hate them for it. Like, yeah. it's like this, this sport that you're kind of mocking saved your whole industry. The whole thing. You're a ski company with a ski factory and a snowboard factory and you would have nothing left anymore. Right. If all these creative kids didn't drive up in their crappy cars, sleep in the parking lot and go invent snowboarding and make it what it is, you right. know? And right. like, I just, I couldn't get over that. And so now I hate skiing, <laughs> basically. Yeah. And like, yeah, you know, I understand. my eight year old skis, because it's easier for kids to learn to ski. Yeah. I don't really hate skiing. Right. But I right. think it's, 
it's a super derivative culture that owes everything to snowboarding and should be a little more respectful. I frankly. would agree with you there. Yeah. I, I, I had a, a realization at a skate park because I was active in the skateboard community. We, we would go to city hall meetings and say, like, look, there's this many kids and they got nowhere to go. They're out in the street. You want to build them a park. It's not the 80s anymore. We're in the 2000s. It's time to, like, get build a skate park, for Christ's sure. sake. So then they'd say, sure, and then the communities would come out and say, not in our, you know, we don't want that riffraff around here, right? Like, so right. I put, like, heart and soul into getting a park made, and then I'm at the park, and there's all these scooter kids, and they've got cups of Slurpee, and they're spitting right, on things. Right. And I I've, I've actually found myself taking some kids aside and saying, look, it's a skate park. It says on the sign, skate park, right. okay? And then I got home and realized it's a ski hill. <laughs> Right? Like, it's the yeah, same right, energy. Right. Yeah. That's what we were to these No, we people. don't want to keep anyone out. Right. Uh, we don't want to discourage anyone from right. doing something positive. I totally... And, like, look, man, some people rollerblade, and that's fine. Yeah. It's totally fine. Yeah. Although, I will say, I've never had rollerbladers tell me that my sport wasn't cool, and I have had skiers say it. So, like, yeah, I go. almost think yeah. rollerblading is far more hardcore than, than, <laughs> than skiing. Hey, you could be hardcore to anything. Sure, sure. But, Rubik's I mean, in general, skills. like, if you're yeah. a rollerblader yeah. these days, you're pretty committed. Yeah, yeah. You know? So that's yeah. that's cool. Shout out Chris I, Savage. Yeah, he I don't skates, know. He skates. He rollerblades. Okay. He runs the park up at Seymour. Oh, nice. And he does nice. it unapologetically, yeah, which right. I think you should, good, man. Good. Good. Be, be you, right. Yeah. It's fucking sick. I just really like snowboarding, and when people are critical of it or when people, you know, want to bring it down, it's like I feel defensive. It felt like an addiction. Like I heard Rankwood talk about it. I asked Rankwood, are you glad that you were skateboarder snowboarder? He's like, no. I wish I would have been a professional something. Like, yeah. I feel like I wasted my life doing this thing that, like, you can't make any money from it. So what? Exactly. So what? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm adding that can't make any money from it. I think he felt like it took him away from a life that would maybe be a little more financially stable. So what? For what? In exchange for what? What do you buy that's better than going snowboarding? Nothing. I there's, can't buy anything. anything. I tried. Yeah. yeah. There's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't care about a car or a watch. Right. I don't care about any, you know, like, I mean, of course I need food and I want to be comfortable. Yeah. But I'm up here for the summer. I lose money coming here. Right. I, by the time I put my kids in, you know, my kids in childcare and I fly up and everything, like, we don't get paid that well to do this. Right. We're all here because we love it. And, yeah. like, you know, I'm here to be here and snowboard. That's what I want to do. Yeah. Like, would you agree it's addicting? Like, there's something about it. You think about it when I mean, you're not I doing feel like it. addiction is generally a term that is implies some kind of sort of uh, you know detrimental aspect to mm -hmm. something that mm -hmm. you can't resist. Mm -hmm. I don't see the downside of snowboarding, so it's not addicting. It's fulfilling, and so you go nice. after it. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, I I left it for a while, not because of your circumstances. Yeah. I had kids, and mm. I thought to be a good dad meant to grow up. Sure. And and a lot of listeners go through that. Yeah. And reach out and say, hey, you know what? I've been listening to your podcast. I gotta get back out there because you give it up. You think the kids are more important. It's a lot of sure. It's a hell of a lot of hassle to bring the kids. You're now you're not yeah. snowboarding. Well, I mean, it depends. I mean, I right. That's part of the reason my eight-year-old skis at this point. And my other, my, I have a 19-year-old too, and he started on skis. And then when he was ready, transitioned. Now he snowboards, and Gus will snowboard as well very soon. And he yeah. knows it, and yeah. he's, he's talking about it. Sick. But the thing is, part of parenting is sacrifice, and that's giving right. up some of the things we love. Part yeah. of it is being a role model. And, you know, you know, I fail at parenting just as much as anyone. I fail at everything just as much as anything but when I succeed at things, I also, you know, try to recognize that. And, like, if if you're showing somebody that you can be a grown-up that has fun and does something well and they feel like they have something they can, you know, aspire to, that's not a negative thing. And there's, you know, I, I know dads. Uh, there's one I, I ride with up here uh, somewhat frequently and also lives in Tahoe and hopefully we'll ride together more there. And he's a ripper and he's so devoted to his kids and he's so about them snowboarding all the time. And I love seeing that we all that's admirable, you know, and, and, and but he also I, I'm trying to tell him, like, look, dude, your kid's going to be stoked to know his dad can do a 540 because he can do a 540 even without trying and not, not snowboarding all the time. And like 
that's also a gift you can give your children. Hundred percent. Yeah, that respecting their parents and recognizing that it's okay to be a grown up and still have a good time. Yeah, your life that, isn't yeah. over. Yeah, know? it was over for me. Yeah. I just I, it sure. was a self-inflicted, barren wasteland. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. snowboarding. Yeah. And uh, and then once I came back to it. It was so obvious that I'm a better dad if I'm a happier person. You're better dad if uh, you're happier. You yeah. have something worthwhile to share with your kids. Totally. You can be someone that like they can look up to for, you know, yeah. answers and yeah. be curious about your culture. And I mean, I take my kid out and he's like, "Give me the phone. I'm gonna film you now." And I'm and I'm Sick. like, "Yeah, all right." You want to go sit on the knuckle? Be careful. Stay on the side. Yeah. And he'll be like, all right, Dad, but you got to do a 720. And I'm like, what? It's like 10 in the morning. The jump's still hard. I'm not ready for that yet. And he gives me a hard time about it. I but, like, it. he knows that Dad's going to go for it. That's And dope. he wants to push me. And, and so – and he enjoys knowing that I can do something that he thinks is cool. Absolutely. And not that I'm just there to – make his macaroni and, you know, yeah. uh, give him a shower or a bath at night. Right, you know, right. So. As, as parents, it, you go through this awful thing, and it's, it's quite lonely because if we, as friends, if I was like, come wipe my butt, you would be like, that's not my friend anymore. I mean, maybe in 40 years when it's necessary, <laughs> yeah, sure, you know, but no, sure. right, right. Hopefully the we can afford to pay to you someone else. Like you're not human. And, and I mean, it, and they can and they can be demanding, yeah. and they can you could get them exactly what they sure. want, and they could not appreciate it, right? And and you go through this life with your kids sometimes where you're just like, is anyone else seeing this? This yeah. is like I'm a, a nothing here. I mean, there is a lot of self-effacement that happens through parenting, and that's yeah. part of it because you yeah. have to make space for the the your children to become who they're going to be right and and that's not easy for me i have a lot of ideas and opinions yeah and i like to you know think about how they should be too and you have to sort of find a balance there my kids are old now well yeah. you said your oldest is 19 our oldest is 19 yeah so my we, youngest is 19 yeah oldest okay. is 23 oh, wow. okay. and okay, yeah. they're very independent and at this point watching them is fascinating to me yeah because they're finding their passion outside of I, I gave them I brought them to the mountain I yeah. gave them snowboarding mm -hmm. the gift of you know so I wanted them to have that as sure. a foundation and it's amazing to see my daughter go out with her friends not with dad mm, right and what yeah, are we yeah. gonna do hey I, my dad can get us tickets to grouse let's go to grouse that'd be so much fun yeah I love that yeah no that's cool yeah my my 19 year old snowboards and uh, he's actually, you know, because we lived in Santa Cruz for the last 20 years. And so he surfs a lot more. And he's a really good surfer. And, uh, you know, gets flowed by local reps and just, win, you know, does great in contests. And he's excellent. And But snowboarding, and, and he snowboards pretty well for a guy that doesn't get up there that much. He actually, he'll show me clips and be like, look, Dad, and like, I'm doing, and he's doing stuff. He's doing a 270 on, he's frontboarding things, whatever. Sick. It's like, man, he snowboarded four times this year and four times last. Like, yeah. But he's still not better than I am. Not <laughs> I even close, it. right? I love it. So it's, and he's a way better surfer. Like, I can't even, yes. you know, pretend to surf anything like he does. Uh, so it's, you know, it's interesting because yeah. part of it is like I'm, I'm proud and impressed. And then part of it is I can also, I still kind of have that where I can right. be like, look, you know. And, it's and, almost nicer uh, when I was a young really hungry snowboarder i was like i don't want to date snowboard girls sure because then i'm on that timeline yeah like oh let's you know let's stay up late on saturday oh it's gonna be a pow day tomorrow though right yeah but like uh, let's just stay up and then we'll, we'll get there when we get there which wasn't my mo it was yeah. like if it's gonna be good if we built a jump it's gonna be sunny let's go shoot it like i was hungry so i intentionally looked for someone that didn't snowboard oh interesting but the reason is kind of the same reason i get to celebrate like my son's not snowboarding as much anymore mm. but he's got this cool passion that he works in film he's wanted to for right. a really long time yeah right and he did his first day on set it was like 18 hour day oh wow he was so nervous he didn't sleep the night before right yeah and i and when he was coming home i was ready to tell him look if you hate it just you, you got to stick with it because right. there were a lot of things working against you on your first day. Sure. The beginning of a lot of things. He said, I loved it. He said, time. he oh, said cool. it was the best day of my life, Dad. Yeah. And to see him have passion about something I understand nothing about 
it really takes the pressure off me. And like sure. you say, I can snowboard. I can snowboard, snowboard better than him, which is, uh, you know, obviously a point of, right. of uh, you know, pride when we're up there. I could, mm-hmm. I could jive him a, oh, yeah. a little bit, but I know nothing about film. And he knows all this crap. Now he's working in it. Right, right. And I'm proud of him. No, it's for sure. Dope. For sure. No, and, 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 you know, the thing is I never pushed my kids to snowboard for the same reason that, like, you know, when, I, when we started skateboarding in, like, 1987 or something like that I guess it would have been Uh, you know we started to not be doing the things that our parents were doing to not do the things that society everything was telling us to do this other thing Mm -hmm. play football be you know like whatever homecoming yeah right it was all it was that kind of classic you know Americana bullshit but like and we weren't into it because we saw the hierarchy the hierarchy wasn't going to work for us and so we tried to create our own program, and skateboarding was all about that back then. Totally. And it was about us finding our own way, making our own community, creating our own rules, and uh, and and doing it, something we loved. It right? was a way of creating a community that wasn't class driven, because you right, couldn't tell right. where someone was from when they were in the air. No, no, you had no idea for sure. And, yeah. and 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 with skateboarding, it was you know there was plenty of diversity because so much of it happens in urban areas. There was just like, and everything, nothing mattered. All that mattered was we were all skateboarders. And that totally. was that was awesome. You met, I met a lot of cool people, made a lot of good friends. The thing with snowboarding was snowboarding for me came directly from skateboarding. Like 100%. that was one, yeah, 100% where that relationship came from. And that was where the industry was largely sort of coming from. Um, and so it was the same thing. We were doing it not to do what our dads did, totally. not to do what, everyone expected of us and you know to to try to like to to flip that and then like i'm gonna be the soccer dad with snowboarding where like (laughs) all right kids you're gonna be you know a professional and i'm gonna take you here and do this like i want them to want it for themselves yeah i want them to do it because they like it it's tempting i remember bringing my kids up and looking and seeing is there a spark are they gonna yeah no you know and, 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 hey, my eight-year-old's great on skis. I think he's going to snowboard great. My 19-year-old surfs great. He could definitely end up doing something in surfing. But we would bring him out to surf, and I'd try to be like, do this, do this, and he'd just be like, and growl yeah. at me and, yeah. like, paddle over and do his own thing. And he would, like, for, you know, for months he wouldn't go to the outside. He'd just catch these foam balls over and over and over, and then suddenly he just went out, you know. And then in the end – I'd ride my bike down and like my 10 year old surfing double overhead South swells, like, you know, a pleasure point <laughs> and on his own. And yeah. he found it by himself yeah. and he's yeah. paved his own way in that. And so I'm proud of him for that. And I don't want it to be something that they just do because I do it. I want them to find their own sort of joy from it. So, yeah. Yeah. It's a waste. It's yeah. very, very rare that you get like a Frank Hawk, Tony Hawk sure. situation. And even when you hear and even Tony still, Frank Hawk wasn't it. a yeah. skateboarder. No, he, he was, just cared yeah, about yes, what his kid was yes, into. Yes, said I'm going to facilitate this. Yeah, yeah. With me and my kids with snowboarding, it's different because I'm into it and yeah, I'm doing it, yeah. and they are too. Yeah. And of course, that's great. It means I can like, I'll take Gus, the eight year old. We'll go to Boreal. I'll meet you know Corey or you know whoever from Tahoe. We'll go ride. We'll ride through the park. Gus stays on, you know, over on the piste off accelerator there, and he's cruising down. He's so fast, he'll beat us down. But I can see him. He's 30 feet away. I know he's safe. Stop. We're riding all the jumps and stuff, and we get to the bottom. I'm a good dad, and I'm doing exactly what I want. It's the best. And like, what could be better than that? Like, Watching my kids ride powder, the two of them together. You know, I knew where to take them. I knew the pitch, I, and just like the smiles on their faces. Yeah. That was a that was a moment as a dad that I was like. I am so glad that they have the basics to be able to get to this and see what this is. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, I had a day with my 19-year-old and some friends last season that was fun to kind of watch watch them do their thing and then sort of try to one-up everything they did, you know? (laughs) You've been that guy the whole way through, right? Uh, Because you were... You were uh, you met Chad. Chad was a camper. You were his coach. Yeah. yeah. And to hear you guys back and forth to this day, yeah, it's about uh, it's it's a little one-upmanship. It's a bit no, a take no. the piss out no. of each other. We take the piss out of yeah. each other. But yeah. let me let me be clear. Yeah. Chad has always been better at snowboarding than me. <laughs> He's a natural he, talent. He always was. He's an incredible. natural He always talent. will 
will be. Yeah. And that's something okay. I okay. became comfortable with a long time ago. <laughs> you had. It's not one-upsmanship right, right, with right. him. Okay. I'm constantly trying to earn his approval <laughs> on the mountain. And off the mountain, I'm constantly trying to promote who I think is one of the coolest people I've ever met. Somebody that's like always been soft-spoken and understated and just been an absolute like a plus person who crushes it. Yeah. And you know, I'm not going to say he's never gotten respect cause he's an His absolute icon, respect. Yeah. but yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he deserves even more respect than he's ever gotten. I think, so. it, I think he's probably the best definition of snowboarder that there is. Like if absolutely. you had to put someone in the, no. in the dictionary for snowboarder, it's, Chad it's Chad Armstrong. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. 46 years old. And absolutely crushing it. Crushing and like, it. he'll film me all day. Yeah. And I'll be like, sweet, I'm going to get this, I'm going to get that, and we'll do these laps. And I'll be like, you want to go? And he'll be like, yeah. And then he'll do the same jumps and go like 20 feet farther and just nail everything first try. And it's like, all right, you're still better than me. He's a legend. So, he's a legend. But he's Who's still killing it. That's the best Really part. killing it. Yeah. Really snowboarding yeah. well. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. like and better than most. And so nice. Anyway. Like when I went to Breck, he's like, yeah, come stay at my place. He took me up. We went up hiking, you know. Yep. Went, uh, jibbed a picnic table. Like it was just, I, I'm a super fan of snowboarding. Yeah. And the fact that I get to do this stuff with you guys now, like here we are at Timberline Lodge. We're riding epic jumps today. It's July 15th. Right. It's summer. It was great today. The, the Border Patrol is like, you're going where? Yeah, right. Why do you have snowboards on the roof? Yeah, right. that which happened in '91 when I crossed the border to to fly to Wendell's. Right, was like they're like they <laughs> tore my car apart on the I way bet. back. Yeah, I bet. They're like, they did. why does it smell like that? <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm a 16 year old kid with a week old wet boots. Yeah, and, right. And, and you know, clothing wasn't waterproof at the time, and a brand new board. Anything to declare? No, I don't. What, what does even that mean? Yeah, wet boots. Yeah, stinky, gross boots that I don't think I'll ride next year. Yeah, right. So if you want to throw them out, just throw them out. Yeah. yeah. But it's life-changing. Yeah, And, and my, absolutely. The trajectory of my life changed when I saw this place. Yeah. The forest, the roads, seeing the mountain from the highway. Mm -hmm. It's breathtaking. Uh, yeah, you come around that corner, you see it for the first time. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. It's remarkable. It's crazy. So, yeah, our intern, Josh is 19 or 20 okay. he's at my son's age actually right and i wish my son would want to do what josh but josh has the he has that uh you know passion for snowboarding mm -hmm. and he can do the dumb uh instagram thing it's <laughs> hard for me to do that yeah i i struggle with instagram but i i i get some things on there now well you got now. a lot of art on there yeah i put mostly art on my whatever the the permanent stuff and then i just post all stories of yeah. snowboarding yeah. so yeah i don't know i'll probably do a hard post of snowboarding pretty soon what's i'm just waiting for something good enough what's going on with your movie i met the guy did you see ingmar's <laughs> ingmar's movie uh, swedish movie Pinguland? i saw i okay so i saw someone post like a 270 bomb drop that he did off the dam yeah and it's like you know, whatever his Instagram handle is, Gorgonzola or something <laughs> yeah, like that, right? Yeah, yes. And I am a huge Ingemar Backman fan. Oh, yeah. And uh, and so I saw that, and I was like, wait, what? Like, he's doing this? Yes. And I, like, commented, or I sent him a message or something, and I always knew Ingemar is this pretty quiet dude. Yes. And he sent me back this huge, like, I was so stoked. He was like, yeah, it's good to hear from you, blah, 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 like, awesome. whatever, like, I was really stoked to see all that snowboarding. I haven't seen it as a movie. What I've seen is like some sort of, have I seen some reels or reels something? Reels and clips, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he looks great, man. Oh, His totally. style's right there. Yes. You know, and and he was always one of the best. And he's oh, just, yeah. he's, he's crisp still. That's so see. sick. Yeah, he and Johan own a that's northern what, that's heard, resort right. in Sweden, Svenstein or something. Yeah. And this kid, Abe, that I met today was on an old Alliant. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I heard I saw that accent. board on the chairlift, actually. Yeah, I said to him, hey, man, where are you from? He's like, Sweden. Ah. And then I was like, oh, sick. Uh, I do a podcast. And then he had listened to the podcast. Right. And then he goes, I did a movie with Ingmar and So he made Yoma. that? He made that. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's sick. He was boosting today. That guy was, On yeah. that old Ingmar. On that Alliant or Yeah, whatever. it's right. so good. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, remember how stiff those boards were? Did you ever ride one of those? Uh, no. That was during no. the M3 time, so you uh, were... Lion would have been, yeah, M3, and then yeah. Atlantis was like, I was on silence at that point, I think. Oh, yeah, so. silence, right. Yeah. 
Yeah, we were talking silence with Vilay because oh yeah, because he, he was that's he was where in silence right. Yeah, that's Vilay rode for silence when I did, and he used to. Did you put him on the team? Did you? Uh, I didn't that put guy? him on the team. Ami did that, but mm -hmm. when he came to the states, I mm. like was definitely a fan. Yeah, and uh, I thought he just had the best style, so he like lived at my house with me and Squaw, and Sick. I you know tried to get him hooked up with MacDog, got him on like Planet <laughs> Earth for a while. Oh, before, dope. Yeah, like I would definitely, you know, there were a few kids. Him and Scotty and, you know, a couple others that I definitely advocated for. Chad, obviously, like, yeah. you know. You became an advocate for others young because for some reason you had decided that you were going to quit when you were like 24 or something. No, I was crazy. I didn't quit. I mean, 24 is when I started M3, I think, or maybe 25. And I think 25 is when I filmed like the part for Revival. Sick. Which was definitely like my best video part. Hell yeah. But like, Hell yeah. I didn't quit, but it just, I don't know. I just always wanted to connect things. And like, mm -hmm. if I saw a writer that I thought was good, I was going to put him on a company if I, that I was part of or, you know, try and hook him up with a filmer that I thought was a good spot for them. And I don't know why, but that's always just been a kind of natural inclination for me. It's community. So, I mean, yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. 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 And, uh, yeah, I mean, I still like doing that, so. That's rad. You know, that you know. is so rad. I'm so stoked that you're back at it. Let's talk about your camps. Oh, yeah, okay. So what is Blaze Boot Camp? <laughs> so, well, first of all, the name comes from Corey Smith. And um, that's from, like, I'll drive up to Tahoe, and I want to go snowboard, and Corey will come out, and we'll get to the mountain at, like, 10. We'll ride for a couple hours. Corey will be like, okay, that was fun. Let's go get a beer, you know? And I'm like, what are you talking about? It's like noon. Let's go snowboard some more. And he's yeah. like, all right, whatever. And then we'll snowboard a little more. And then he'll be like, all right, you know, I, I, like, let's go get a beer. Let's go have somebody, whatever. And I'll be like, I'm like, no, come on, we're snowboarding. He's like, well, when are, you know, when are we going to stop? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like when the chairs close, right? And he's like, it's like fucking Blaze Boot Camp around here. <laughs> so Blaze Boot Camp comes from Corey. I love it. You know, just yeah. putting up with me, being eager and wanting to snowboard as much as possible. And, uh, you know, then from that point, like, that, that's the name. But the actual camp itself came from going to Bear Valley with, uh, with Andy Blumberg, who used to be the editor of Transworld and Blunt before that, um, who I've known for years and years, a really close friend. Uh, and we went to bear, you know, he would kind of line up these things. He took, you know, part, actually part of the reason I started snowboarding a bunch again was he took me to Mount Shasta. Maybe I've talked about this before. I don't know, but I don't know. And we just had a really good time. Like I hadn't really snowboarded at all. And he's like, come, I want you to go here. I've wanted you to go here for years. I'm taking you. And I'm like, it's seven hours away. Wow. But I finally agreed and we went and there was something about riding in a place where there was no scene that. I was just free to cruise around and feel my way through it, not feel like anyone's looking at me or cared about anything I was doing or anything, and just commune with the sort of the mountain itself and the you know the, the environment. And it was so fun. I was like, why am I not doing this? You know, and and so we went up to you know then we went to Tahoe and started riding a bunch more there. That's when Corey started giving me spring break boards. Dope. Right around then too, and I was like, oh, and now I'm a part of something like. I'm doing something I love. I love this feeling of being a part of something. That was like what was so cool about snowboarding. Anyway, so Andy and I, you know, a couple of years ago went to Bear Valley, which is where I grew up snowboarding. And uh, he had lined up for us to go and do a bunch of stuff for Instagram for spring break. And he had gotten us tickets and they were super generous with, you know, everything. And we go and we hang out with these guys and we're riding and everyone's super nice and happy to have us. and. We're meeting everybody, you know, the, for the marketing people, the ski school people. Everyone's just coming out to ride with us. Right. We're riding around, and, like, I guess I have a tendency to sort of be like, hey, you should jump off that thing. <laughs> I bet you could do a frontside 180 off that, in fact. And, and you know, I can be a little pushy about it, apparently. <laughs> um, Andy says it's, you know, it's I'm, a, I'm annoying in a pleasant way, I guess. Or Sweet. Maybe a positive way. But so we're riding around. We're riding with, like, 15 people just crushing this mountain having so much fun and we're just like we should you know we should bring people here we should do a camp and so that's that's where the whole idea came from and it took like about a year to sort of manifest that and wow you know uh 
we brought in Dylan Hopkins, who manages the adult camp for High Cascade here, who, where I'm working now. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he helps, like, the logistics. Andy, like, I kind of was really clear in the beginning, and I specifically said, I don't want to be Tim Lindell. I don't want to run a snowboard camp. <laughs> I, I don't want a snowboard it. camp named after me. Right. What I want to do is I want to ride with people. I want to share snowboarding with them, share the place I love with them, and have a really good time doing it. And until the bitter end, I fought Andy on the title. I was like, boot camp is enough. And he's like, nope, it's going to have your name on it. And uh, he did all the work. He curates everything. So like all the guests, we had Pat Bridges do a fireside chat. We had Dave Sione come out and shred with us. Whoa. Next year, we have Pat doing a clinic, How to Ride Like Pat Bridges. We have, uh, we have Chris Roach is going to come do a Butters with Chris Roach oh, clinic. Like all of this is Andy. I don't do any of this, I got to get right? a spot at the Roach you, one, man. You, you got to come yeah, down. Yeah. So, like, he does all of it. He sets it all up. And uh, Dylan, Dylan, you know, he's the curatorial, the sort of creative director, I guess. I don't, we don't have titles. Sure. But um, Dylan manages logistics and knows how to, like, take care of stuff and get all that stuff done. Did he cut uh, his teeth at We Are Camp or whatever? Yeah, I, yeah. I Dylan, Dylan's been... You know, making the adult camp run for for a few years now, Red. and so and he we, we met some of your campers today, yeah, on Hill, yeah, and they were ripping, yeah, it's they're great, man, yeah, yeah. they're great people to ride with. I love all the people we meet up here, and, That's and so it's fun. fun to go ride with them, and you know, like. We just, it's just snowboarding. We just go ride and have fun, and that's all boot camp really is. Like, yeah, but. You know, we have some rules, and you don't have to follow them. One, like me, like me and my eight-year-old say, breaks are for snakes. Nice. So we don't stop. All Nobody right. eats lunch. And people, of course, stop and eat lunch, but I don't eat lunch. Right. And uh, we ride from as soon as we get to the mountain, which is usually around 930, and we ride till they close it. And then at the end yeah. of the day, we ride down to the hotel from the mountain nice. because there's this run. And as soon as we get there, we crack a beer that we keep in our backpack and, and enjoy, you know, hanging out. But um, so... Yeah, I don't know. It's a lot to talk about, but uh, and I'm probably meandering. But so yeah, Andy and Dylan put it together, and I am sort of the on hill, whatever, whatever it is that I do. You it's, know, it's so great to see you light up so, that you're back yeah. in the Thank industry. You. It's it's Thank incredible. I, I will say this: I I told Andy like I do not want this to be my name, <laughs> and he <laughs> insisted, and I said, you know what? Fine. You have executive privilege. Do whatever you want. Sure. He did all the graphics. He made all the soft goods. He did yeah. everything. We showed up. Camp was great. I was like, this is my camp. I'm so <laughs> stoked my name is on this. So it was kind of ironic because, like, it's like, yep. And I would walk around and, and you know, there's, there's, a line in, uh, there's a line in Fight Club. Um, and, and, you know, when they get the, the, the guys bust into the place where they're fighting and the big guy's there and they're like, what are you guys doing here? And he's like, well, who, you know, who the fuck are you? And he goes, you know, that sign on the top that says Lou's I'm fucking Lou, you know, <laughs> something it. along those yeah, lines, you know, yeah, something like that. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and, and I loved walking around. I just kept saying, I'm fucking Lou, <laughs> you know? And, and, oh, and so, killer. you know, that's uh, killer. Yeah. I mean, but it was, it was really fun. It was just great to have people out there. The, the, the locals, the mountain staff, there are so accommodating and uh, the mountain itself is just incredible. There's a lot of steep terrain. Pat Bridges kept saying, like, man, they should think about having a natural selection, you know, stop here. Like, wow. it's, this is an unknown spot. I'm pretty sure incredible. I flew over it. And, you probably and, have. And the lake looks like a bear. Like, the lake is. Maybe, I don't bear know. Bear Lake is shaped like a bear. Yeah, I don't bear. actually know. And then uh, there's ski resorts kind of all around it. In the uh, that might be something else. Okay. I don't know. This is actually right across this huge river canyon from Kirkwood. Okay. Uh, you can oh, see shit. part of Kirkwood from Bear Valley and vice versa. Huh. And uh, it's just kind of classic Northern California, steep terrain, good couloirs and like sick. granite blocky, you know, like drops. And, and they have a fun little park that we cruise a bunch. And there's a backside with a bunch of trees. And Tahoe's amazing. Yeah. And, Unbelievable. And, yeah. No, this is, and this is kind of, it's not quite tough because if Kirkwood's like South Lake Tahoe, yeah. this is south of that. So we're getting into central Sierras, but yeah. it's, it's beautiful, man. And, and we had a really good time. So I can't wait to do it again. Congrats, dude. Yeah. That's dope. It's, yeah. and, and it sounds like, you know, one of those things that's not forced. 
It's organic. It's super you, organic. Yeah. You know how to coach. You've been coaching. I know how to ride with people forever. and you know try to, to encourage them to do yeah. stuff they might not quite think they can do. Right. And I certainly know how to try to show off. <laughs> you know, like I'm not above that. And but so, you need that too. Like that's the well, thing. You I want to lead by example. I don't want to be a coach that sits on the side of a half pipe, you know, one on one knee with my arms crossed and right. watching some 14-year-old try a quadruple cork and trying to get him an energy drink sponsor and right. all that bullshit because it's not what I like about snowboarding. Right. I like sharing it with cool people and having a good time, and I that's what I want to do. I noticed know? it at camp because we're staying at High Cascade, yeah. and I ha- it r- reminded me, triggered a memory from when I was a little kid went to camp. One of the things you're doing as a camper is looking around and seeing adults that you aspire to be like. Yeah, for sure. You're, you're learning, oh, they don't tuck their their <laughs> pants into their boots. Right, right. And tie sure. their boots around right. their pants. Although some of them do these sure, days. Sure, they might. Right, might be right. A, I have seen that as the trend. But, yeah, no, right. I know what you mean, right. But, yeah, I'm coming from Sudbury, Ontario, the middle of absolute nowhere, with nobody but the videos to look right. up to. And then all of a sudden there's Scott Downey, there's Kevin Delaney, there's Tim Wendell, there's these yeah, right. Colorado legends right. for me. Right. And then you get on the hill and you go, holy shit, there's Roach. There's, yeah, right. you know, like, oh my God. Yeah, then your mind's really blown. Yeah, Yeah, it was yeah. the first uh, scanners were over. So there was mm-hmm. Randall Lamb, but there, there was also Bertrand mm. and Birdie and... Uh, uh, Camille Brochet. Oh, uh, remember, yeah. And, and remember those shots, insane, like, dude. Maybe in a fall line video or something like that of those guys riding Santa Cruz boards. It would have even right? been a Mac Dog, early Mac Dog. Mac Dog, okay. Yeah, maybe. In yeah. the pipe. Those guys just d- dominating. Right. Yeah. Which made those crappy boards really popular. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I my first sponsor, so. Was Santa Cruz. Yeah, Was yeah. Corey there at that point? Corey no, no. I rode for later. Joel Gomez. For Joel. Yeah, but Sessions. really I rode for Bob Klein. It yeah. Really who I, he was this, the rap and he gave me a board. I've been reaching out to Bob this year to talk to him. Have you seen his podcasting, the snowboard show? Or I whatever? haven't, no. Okay. I haven't spoken to him in years, but yeah. whenever I have spoken to him, it's always been a pleasure. So. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard him on a podcast or something talking about, he was just an affluent kid. He actually bought his way onto the Burton team. Yeah, I, I, he's because, told me that story. Yeah, because right. Jake was making boards for team riders only, basically, right. prototypes. And Bob was like, well, how much? Just tell me right. how much. I'll get my dad to buy right. it for me. And then at some thing, he had bought his board and, and you know, he was going to win or get third or whatever. Yeah, right. And then Jake is like, hey, put on the Burton bib. And he goes, uh, am I on the team? Yeah, <laughs> you know, right, Like, I bought right. my own board. Huh. There's no way I'm doing yeah. this without you saying I'm on this team. Right, man. right. And I love that story. Yeah. Because he cared about it as much as we did. Oh, he no, had, for sure. He had a little more, you know. Resource? Resources. Well, luckily he sure. trickled down. He gave me a board, and I was not an affluent kid. So <laughs> when go. he gave me that board, I remember we were riding up the chair, and it was a demo, and I was there with a, a shop owner that I worked for. And and he was like, what would you pay for that board, John? I was like, oh, you know, whatever. I got a pro for him. And he was like, shouldn't have to pay for a board. And my mind just went like, I know what he's getting at, but I'm going to play dumb. And I was like, well, I have to pay, pay for a board if I want one, right? And he said, I'll give you a board. And I was like, ding, 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 ding. I'm sponsored. <laughs> yes. This is it, you yeah, know? Yeah. And so, yeah, thank you, Bob. What was that board? Was I, it a towel? Uh, he gave me a, a towel, which yeah. I turned around backwards so yeah. that I could ride the wider stance. Because nice. otherwise it was like a 17-inch stance yes. that you had to ride like with like 40 degrees on the front foot and like, 20 degrees on the back but if you flipped it around you sort of rode both the front feet you yeah. could like you know what i mean you could oh, like yeah. ride like this yeah. totally symmetrical duck-footed stance i had a now. delta yeah so it was yeah. the same deal yeah. the other thing about riding those asymmetrical boards because it's only asymmetrical side cut right the deeper uh side cut on the toe side gave you a hookier board yeah and then if you're just floating on your heel side traversing or something it was easier to uh, ride honestly we were like back then i drug my board through the parking lot we were skateboard <laughs> ratty yes. little you know yeah. like i yeah. bonked it on it i just nose bonked everything Couldn't i rode over it. yeah right. it didn't matter how it performed. the rocks up here i hit a yeah. rock up here t- today on yeah. on a board so the board i'm riding is made with wood that we got from mount seymour oh wow from cool. a fallen tree on mount seymour oh, that's that's cool so I, you know, I, I want to keep that board for the rest of my sure. life. But then the rocks up here just sticking out of the snow are just too, even oh, though they, they look so sharp yeah. and tear things apart. I beat up 
boards a little bit, and Corey's always like, dude, like he really cares about the boards. Yeah, of course. So he's like, dude, it's, it's like, yeah, but you don't want me not going for it, right? So, so this is going to come out midwinter, so we got a lot of time here. Okay. Can we announce the? Can we announce the board? My board? Yeah. Who told you about that? You oh, showed I showed it you a picture. Me. Yeah, you showed it to me. I mean, he had talked about like a limited edition board. Yeah. And I did a graphic. I had a friend help me. Sick. Someone I've known a long time named Andy Rosenthal. No relation oh, other wow. than we're all related at some point, right? Sure. And he helped me out and uh, presented it. And I, I don't know, Corey came over and was like, look, we thought it was going to be a limited edition, blue and Another dude, I think Ephraim, he said, really liked the graphic, and we all just decided, like, it's just going to be your board. So oh, wow. dude, all the sizes and, you know. Congrats, uh, dude. Thank you. And and that I'll do the graphic. Now, that being said, till I have one of those things in my hand. Of course. I don't believe anything. Shit changes. So Shit changes. It does. I really want yeah. – I don't want to jinx yeah. it. Yeah. I don't want yeah. to do anything to jeopardize it. Well, I'll be checking with I'm you. I'm really grateful to those guys yeah. for believing in me in that way, and it's – I mean, the way my career went and sort of concluded with M3 sort of falling apart and feeling like I left snowboarding with my tail between my legs kind of a bit, uh, it really makes things, you know, it brings things full circle in a way that is really important to me. I've spent the last four years sort of focused on this goal and that it might actually happen. It, it means everything to me right now. So, yeah. That's fucking awesome. I don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> <laughs> we just did an hour. Thank All you. right. Thank you very much, yeah. Blaze. And we'll do another hour another time. You're absolutely. an absolutely incredible guest. Uh, the, your passion for snowboarding is inspiring. Thanks for, it's, it's thanks awesome, for saying dude. so. Yeah. 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 And, and, I mean, big fan. Like Jenna was saying in the car, you know? Like those seminal parts, those videos, Simple Pleasures... Uh, like on repeat, right? Yeah, like, we watched it recently. We did a video premiere boot camp kind of pop-up video premiere at High Cascade. It was great to see it. Sick. Yeah, yeah, so good. I hadn't seen it in a while. Yeah, Peter's personality there starts shining, hey? like his, And his writing is... His just, writing is un, yeah. un, un, unmatched. Yep. Is Simple Pleasures the year that they also did the four trans world things, or it's a year after, I think? Uh, the trans world, the video mags? yeah. I think it was that before Mac that actually did. yeah no i think it was like two years before that oh wow mag the very i have the first part in the very first trans world video mag oh sick by mac dog yeah 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 that yeah. was like he literally gave me my that was like the beginning of my career like okay, i would man. had a flow santa cruz board they gave me a santa that was it oh, i had wow. nothing you know it was and, that and long before that yeah yeah so that's two years or something. Two three. or three years, yeah. yeah. Three. It was like like Meltdown Project would have been like the mm. next year maybe mm. or something. Mm. But mm. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, I forget how, yeah. Everything's so condensed back yeah. then. It yeah, happened yeah, all yeah. so fast. Yeah. Now I think of like, I think of Capita, which has like been around for like 20 years. Yeah. As this new cool company, and it's like it's twenty years old. <laughs> yeah, totally. But it seems like a new cool company. I'm and still like, stuck in that too. Like, right. Like, I miss the, you know what, we still have them. Snowboarding still has those personalities. There's just a whole bunch of other stuff going on too. Yeah. Like that fridge kid. I don't know. He don't rides know with a backpack and he's, Oh, shredding. I've, I've seen that. Dude oh, he shreds yeah. dude. He's so good. Yeah, no. And he's doing it for a gimmick. You know, he's a right. palmer or something, you know, right. shaving his head. And we were just at Bud Fawcett's looking at all those. Bud was a huge Palmer fan. Mm. So like he was constantly looking for, you know, trips to go on right. with Palmer. And, and there's a lot of, like kind of unseen stuff even right that I bet. Bud's got that's it's nuts he just posted yesterday because i was like pushing him like oh my god a picture of jake burton in the air dropping oh, right. off the cornice yeah it's got to be i don't think it's less than 15 feet like hmm. which is huge for jake yeah, I don't right. think I've ever seen him in the air. Right, no, there's no much. pictures of Jake in a half pipe. There's no yeah. pictures of Jake going off a jump, and this is a drop. And the thing about a Bud Fawcett photo is that the face says more than like the body's in good position. Sure, but you can see in Jake's face that he's literally doing something that's taking everything. Yeah, that he can, he can't. Th he's not thinking about dinner. He's concentrating on the boilerplate landing under this. <laughs> right. Right. But it, it, you know, I was saying to Bud, like that, sell that to Burton. 
Mine 77 needs a, a Jake air shot, duh, obviously. Right. But yeah, that uh, I don't know where I was going with that weird tangent. But it's an interesting that, one, though. That we still have those, we do still have those characters in snowboarding. Yeah. It's just watered down a bit. You know, there's more snowboarders. Yeah. The culture has homogenized to some extent, but I actually think we're in a really creative time in snowboarding. I see a lot of, I think, contest-wise, and I want to be critical because I almost don't really know that much about it because I don't Me follow neither. it, but I'm Same. just not interested in it. I see uh -huh. the stuff, and it just looks boring. But as far as, like, you know, as far as just kind of what I think of as real snowboarding, like, I there's kind of some good diversity happening and a lot more different styles and different approaches happening, which I think is really good. Like I, I like, I want to see different stuff. So I think it's healthier than it was. And uh, I hope it's on track to become even healthier. I think it is. Yeah, I think so too. Right on buddy. Let's go get, uh, let's, let's beat last call at Charlie's. Let's do it. Half and Rad shoutouts this week to Blaze Rosenthal. Thanks for doing the show, man. Special thanks to Blaze Boot Camp, Spring Break Snowboards, Union Bindings, Cole Headwear, and Air Blaster. Extra special thanks to Rob Dow and intern Josh, and thanks to all of you who've listened right to the end. Please like, follow, and share the F and Rad Snowboard Podcast, which is presented by Vans and brought to you by SIA Productions.